Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it! Then we're done! And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man! Now wipe the crust out of your eyes, get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. G-M-G-P. It is Friday, November 17, 2023. Y'all decided to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. I appreciate every last person in the building. Every single person that's going to watch this show later in the day or listen to it on your drive-in to work on this feel-good, fantastic effing Friday. Jay Rich, I don't know if you know this, man, but my fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, shout out to all the bros out there. It is Founders Day for the frat, so shout out to all the bros, shout out to all the Qs across the world. Founders Day, November 17th, Cooper, Coleman, Justin Love. Appreciate everybody tapping into the building. We got a mega monster show on tap for you today. Heading into the Thanksgiving holiday next week. Just a little scheduling update. Jay Rich and I will be still live Monday morning, recapping week 11. And instead of going live on Friday, because old GQ is going to be out of town, out of the country, we are going to do a mega wake-up show on Wednesday morning. So make sure you set your alarms, mark your calendars. Wake up next Monday and next Wednesday going into Thanksgiving. And then we got some other dope content and shit lined up for y'all. So appreciate everybody being in the building. And quick update, scheduling update, new show. Um, Breakfast and Bets, Mitch Carl and I at DFS and Donuts every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday after the Wake Up Show. We'll be posting a video talking about sports lines, NBA betting, NFL betting, all that other good stuff. So make sure you tap into that show as well to talk some more sports more betting, more fun. Jay Rich, how are you doing this morning, my good friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. Like, I mean, you gonna let me on the screen? Hold on. Where you at? There you go. There you go. What's up? What up? What up, baby? What up? I, I'm good. I'm a little bit devastated after what happened last night. Some big injuries, and we will get into that in the notes. But you know, congrats to you and the frat Founders Day. That's dope, man. That's yes, that's sir. pretty exciting stuff. Do you guys do anything for Founders yeah, Day? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm Canadian, yes. and we have frats here, but. The thing I didn't know about frats, Ray, and I'm, I'm assuming that you do have to pay to get in, but I didn't know you had to pay to get in. And I was kind of like, y'all want me to pay? Yeah, I know you got to do, do other stuff. stuff. Do but when they asked stuff. me to pay it again, I was like, I'm good, man. This is Canada. Yeah, we, don't, we, don't, okay. we don't need that life. I'll be okay, all right. I got you. I got but, you. But it's I'm, all good. But, but yes, but we do you, have to talk about Cincinnati and Baltimore last night, Jay. We got to talk about that game, you know. And, and, and as we get closer, man, I'm... I'm seeing a lot of smoke, Jay. We talked about this player last week. We talked about him on the show last week from the collegiate side, Jay. We talked about this college player, and I was like, man, it uh, it's going to be Jayden. interesting to see how old Jaden Daniels does. And right now, Jay, the hype around this young man and his NFL draft prospectus right now, this isn't even on the show sheet, but I just want to talk about Jaden Daniels, who... You I've love yourself some, some Jaden Daniels. I've been talking to some people behind the scenes, Jay, and they they say, yeah, QB3 is pretty really? much where he's being valued right now, according to the wow. NFL. I mean, what he's doing is incredible, man, and we're going to talk about somebody that was at LSU 
here in a little bit. It's going to be like the LSU show because we're going to talk Burrow, we're going <laughs> to talk Chase, we're going to talk Joe Brady. But Jaden Daniels, Jay, as we approach the draft, just quick question about your thoughts about him. How excited are you for rookie drafts? How excited are you for the NFL draft and his perspectives? Or are you a little hesitant on all Jaden Daniels? Talk to me real quick. What you got? I wouldn't say I'm hesitant, mainly because, like you said, he's, what is he, a five-year starter now? Because I don't think he was ever benched. He started as a freshman at Arizona mm-hmm. State. People were seeing the highlights recycled of him throwing touchdowns to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Deep, like that's crazy when you talk about how long he's been in college, but also the experience factor, right? Like we so badly want these guys to come out as underclassmen, to come out as juniors, and some of them just aren't ready, and we know that. And so to have a player who's been starting since he was a freshman, throwing touchdowns at Arizona State in the Pac-12, to now running and throwing in the SEC, like he's proved it on so many different levels after coming out of high, coming out of high school as I believe a five-star prospect, one of the top quarterbacks in this class. So the potential and upside was always there as a dual-threat quarterback, especially for fantasy football. If he can get the draft capital in the NFL draft to where he's top 15, top 20, we know he's got the dual threat ability. If he can do it as a passer as well, then honestly, probably top 10 close to it right out of the draft. Because if he can run and he can throw at a decent level, he's probably going to be great for fantasy football. Yeah, man, I'm excited for him. I, I, listen, I'm excited. Still not my QB1 yeah, or my QB2, but I, I am excited for Jaden Daniels, Jay. But we do have some news to get into, and we actually uh, brought back a, a, a favorite, a, a, a Jay Rich favorite, because normally... Normally, we just, uh, Jay Rich drops off the damn stream. Jay Rich drops off the stream because I, I, Jay, where where are you at? Here he is. Jay, why did you drop off the stream? Did you kick me out? I did not kick you out. Okay. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was me. What? It was you. I just, I went over here. I was going to put you solo so you could do the I was ready to, I was ready to like hammer the the thing, man. Did you do the drop? No, I didn't do it yet. I'm waiting for you, man. Let's get the people what they want, man. Jay Rich with the news, or uh, should we call it straight facts? The biggest news in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is straight facts. Thank you, Ray. That was a phenomenal intro. I was dying laughing in the background, but we do have a ton of news to get into. So after benching Mac Jones in Germany, we aren't sure if Bill Belichick is going to announce that Mac will be the starter. The Pats are on by this week. So there is some time for them to figure that out, but there is a little bit of uncertainty as to whether Mac or Zappi or maybe someone else will be starting for the Patriots in week 12. So, I mean, you see the picture here. You see what's been going on in New England. Bill with the hands over the face. I mean, what do you expect at this point? Patriots going nowhere, should be tanking. We'll see what they ultimately decide to do when Week 12 comes around. But on after Monday Night Football, there was a lot of discussion about who's going to get fired in Buffalo, who should be fired, and ultimately, it was Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Now they have brought in Joe Brady. He's the quarterback coach after he failed in Carolina. So we'll see what he can do with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, hopefully revamp this offense a little bit for people who aren't aware. This is the guy who was the architect of the best offense in college football history with Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase. Now, to be fair to him, he had Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, so his offense better be pretty good. The Steelers, Ray, announced that Jalen Warren is going to be their starting running back going forward, so hopefully they mean that, and they give him the bulk of the touches. I still think Najee will be involved, and people who missed my podcast this morning 
the Steelers have the best schedule for running backs in the fantasy playoffs. So Jalen Warren looking like he could be a league winner in the fantasy football playoffs. The New York Jets waived running back Michael Carter. Have to say running back because they do have a cornerback named Michael Carter. And he was claimed by the Arizona Cardinals. So could be something that we see as well. And a guy you do want to have on those rosters if for some reason James Hunter gets hurt again or held out of games. Could see a little bit of Michael Carter because we know he is pretty talented. The Steelers also opened the 21-day window for Pat Fryermuth. He practiced in full yesterday, so he should be starting this week. Deshaun Watson Ray is undergoing shoulder surgery. Apparently, his shoulder was still messed up. He's going to be out for the season, so no more Deshaun Watson. And apparently, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is in. So they've seen enough of P.J. Walker, and now they're going to bring in DTR. He threw three picks the last time I saw him play, so I'm not expecting a lot. Cleveland's season is obviously over, but we'll see what happens to DTR. Maybe he can progress. It's not and over. They said their season's not over. They're not throwing in the towel yet. They're still six and three. They're they're not throwing in the towel, but they have no quarterback, and their team you. isn't that you. great. Uh, for all those Jeremy Ruckert stands, maybe there's some Buckeye fans in the building right now. Apparently, he's going to get more run, but as the tight end, too. Uh, it's still going to be Tyler Conklin as the pride tight end one, but I thought that was really interesting uh, that they even bothered to make that news. Uh, Ray, your favorite head coach in the NFL has retaken over play call oh duties. Boy. Frank Reich oh has said, enough of you, Thomas Brown. Give me the reins back, oh. even though I wasn't any better than you were. So we'll see what Frank Reich can cook up against your Cowboys. On the other side of that game, Mike McCarthy said he wants to get Rico Dowdle more touches, but he also said that he's okay with the split he's seen so far. So does that mean he gets more touches or not? I don't know, but it's a phenomenal matchup this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about Tony Pollard and Rico Dowdle later in the show. Nico Collins was back at practice this week on Wednesday and Thursday for the Houston Texans, but they potentially could be without Noah Brown and once again Damian Pierce both those guys did not practice Wednesday or Thursday Joe I'm sorry to say but Antonio Gibson did not practice yesterday so there is fear that he may miss this week with a toe injury Khalil Herbert and Justin Fields are going to be playing in this game Herbert was upgraded to full and practiced yesterday so he should be good to go this week against the Lions Bryce Young was added to the injury report Thursday with a thigh injury, but he's not expected to miss the game. Traylon Burks is still in concussion protocol and didn't practice at all this week yet, so he's probably going to miss. Tyler Lockett as well missed practice yesterday, but he is expected to play. Not supposed to be overly serious. And then, of course, last night, no. tons of injury news. Mark Andrews, Ray. No. I actually almost traded for Mark Andrews this past week. No. He is out for the year with a serious ankle injury. Um, people thought high ankle sprain initially, but it is going to be more serious than that. And Harborough already said he's expected to be out for the rest uh, of the season. And then Joe Burrow left the game with a non-contact hand wrist injury. It was reported as a sprained wrist. But the bigger thing here is that the one, there was video of Joe Burrow coming into the, coming into the stadium with a wrist guard on to protect that wrist. And he was not on the injury report. So there is growing fears and concerns that the Bengals are trying to hide the injury from the Ravens and protect Joe Burrow. What Ultimately, he obviously got what, hurt. What are, they, what are they saying it is, Jay? Well, they're saying they're they're not following the rules and reporting the injury, right? Because, I mean, they're playing a division rival, very important game for them. They don't want Burrow to be exposed to extra hits on that throwing hand. And you turns out he gets hurt anyways on a non-contact injury. So now people are wondering, well, how does a quarterback get hurt just simply throwing the ball? How do you sprain your wrist doing that? Well, it must have already been sprained and he aggravated it coming into the game. So it's it's a very interesting situation. But um, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't mind it. I like it. Jay, we got to talk about it, man. We, we got to talk about that game last night that um, 
20 to 34, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals. They improved to eight and three on the season. Cincinnati falls to five and five, Jay. And with Burrow being injured, this just feels like a lost year for the Bengals right now. This just feels like a lost season yep. for Cincinnati. It's really unfortunate, sort of what's happened with his health this season. It was the calf injury. Now it's the hand. And when you watch the play, and maybe, maybe I wasn't all the way tapped in the way that I needed to, but it looked like he just threw the ball. Looks like he just yep. threw the ball. There was no defender, like, no contact, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's that might have been that snap of of the throw, maybe, and and it's just you know constantly throwing. But again, unless you're already injured, you probably aren't going to sprain your wrist as severely as he did because he's like holding his wrist. He's like he can't move it. He's like I can't go, and he was ruled out of that game very early. All they did was run X-rays down um in under the stadium, but then he was ruled out probably five minutes after that. So. I don't know. I don't think they're out of it yet, but I mean, it, in I mean, terms of five, the championship uh, prospects, I mean, it's they're, over. They're, they're five and five and probably the most competitive division in football, the AFC North. Yep. Now, if you want to find the silver lining, Kenny Pickett's not a very good quarterback. The mm -hmm. Cleveland Browns lost their starting quarterback for the season. Mm -hmm. So if there were any silver lining inside of that division, it's it's that, that, you know, Baltimore is. At and they're right a game now, and a half behind both teams. Everybody else. Um, but this is unfortunate for Joe Burrow managers. Jamar Chase finished the game. What do you have? Two catches. Thought he had one. Yeah. Two catches. Scored a touchdown. I mean, I, I don't even know. Two if for that... twelve on seven targets. This is just. But this I mean, is bad. Jake Browning. Yeah. This is. Do, are you interested in Jake Browning at all? I mean, they were trying to pump him up last night. I was listening to the broadcast, and they were trying to pump him up to be. Uh, uh, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, and and you we've know we've been we've been here before, right? Herb Street. We know a lot about best, Jake Browning. Man, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't buying what Herb Street was laying down, Jay. But when you just look at Cincinnati, man, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, over. What over. do you do with those guys? Rest of season, you're a competing team, like dynasty, most dynasty leagues, and I hope y'all out there are not playing in dynasty leagues where there's a damn trade deadline. I mean, if you're a strong contender, Jay, and you were banking on Jamar Chase, is there any world in which you would pivot off of him? Would you tear down? Like, I'm not saying go far, but would you take Brandon Ayuk in a first? Could you? Would you do that in order to stay in that competitive balance inside your division? Or are you just like, you know what? I'm eating the L. You know, I'll just bank on J uh, Jake Browning throwing Chase the ball. Just the same way Garrett Wilson. I talked about Garrett Wilson in the Trinity video yeah. yesterday, man. I am so impressed with what Garrett Wilson is doing despite the offensive struggles and situations in New York. Like, he's been incredible despite that shitty situation. So could this be a spot where the coaching staff just says, throw the ball to Jamar 10 times a game? I, you already know the quality of target won't be as good as with Burrow, but can you still depend on him moving forward? What do you think? I don't think you can depend on them, honestly. I think the Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson comparison kind of falls short only because they have two years of practice and reps together. Like Zach's been the starting quarterback for a long time in New York. And so the reps, the practice, the familiarity with the routes, like that's all there. That's not going to be the case for Browning and Jamar Chase. Now, I'm with you that he should be force-fed targets and they should find easy ways to get him completions via screens, those types of things. But he still has to play the Steelers, the Jaguars, the Colts defense sucks, but the Vikings defense is good, the Steelers defense is good, and then championship week, he plays the Chiefs. So of those games, there's maybe one game that you feel comfortable with because I don't want to trust Jake Brown against the Vikings when Brian Flores blitzes like crazy. He's probably going to be under a lot of pressure in that game and not able to execute on offense. So when you look at it from that perspective, 
I don't think the schedule is good. I don't think Browning's good. And so for me, I don't want to be playing Jamar Chase weekly. I don't think it's kind of the same as Garrett Wilson. But at the same time, I can't sell him either because I know what he's going to be when he peaks. And so tearing down from him, I don't even know if you could get a Brandon Ayuk. Maybe from yes, a team that's completely out of it. Yeah, you From can. a team that's completely like Brandon Ayuk in a first? If if they're out of it, maybe. But it's, it'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting trade. You're telling me Chase is a first? I mean, in, in what dynasty He league? is, he is, but only to a team that's completely out of it, right? Only to a team that's completely out of it. If that team doesn't exist in your league or or that type of tier down doesn't exist in your league, it could be a difficult one to execute because if you're trading with a competing team, they're not going to want Chase because they know the outlook for him isn't very good rest of season. Yeah, uh, Robert said Chase will still be top 36 with Browning. Um, I don't think they can move up that far. All right, um, let's talk about the Baltimore side. Ball, Lamar Jackson, 264, two touchdowns, no interceptions for Lamar. Was sacked three Good times, game. but he ran the ball, had over 50 yards on the ground. Uh, Gus Edwards, monster game for him. Uh, you know, two touchdowns. Touchdown now. Gus, Gus, right? Bus, yeah. man. Gus busses that dude in that backfield. Keaton Mitchell and all the hype and enthusiasm and everybody pumping up Keaton Mitchell. Got you eight for 33 at uh, Devon <sighs> Achan light. The, 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 the hype around him this past week. Real light, is, right? It's <laughs> been wild. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Hey, over a hundred yards receiving, man. Uh, four catches, 116. Zay Flowers, three for 43. Andrew's got one touchdown called catching. back though, right? Yep. Yep. He had some on that OBJ holding call. played well before he got injured. Uh, this, this team is just good. Defensively, you look at Baltimore, man. They're flying around. They're healthy. Their front four can get Top after three. the quarterback. Kyle Hamilton is playing on another level out there at safety. He's looking like one of the best young safeties in the NFL. And they're doing a good job limiting big plays. So this is going to be a tough out. Baltimore is a very good team. This is going to be a tough out. And it was good to see Lamar Jackson play well. He was nicked up in the game as well, but finished it out. Yep. Looked like it may be a little ankle twisted, something like that. But hopefully with the extended time off, Lamar Jackson will be able to heal come back and play good football. So not worried about Lamar Jackson at all. Good win by the Ravens and very unfortunate if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan or you roster or manage a team that has any of the Cincinnati Bengals. In my opinion, Jay, the one I'm more, most fearful of is T. Higgins. It's the second and third options yeah. in an offense with backup quarterbacks. We have no lo- no clue how long Joe Burrow is going to be out. So we will stay uh, paying attention for that one, Jay. But let's get in to some of the other games and Man, I'm, I'm watching this last night, Jay, and going into the game, I'm looking at all these lines out there, these sports books, right? These sports books. Okay. And Mark Andrews, all this juice, might oh, come yeah. in under four and a half receptions. Joe Burrow, under his passing yards. All yep. this Keaton Mitchell, under his... And I'm, I'm looking at this like, hell no, man. Andrews is about to crush. Joe Burrow's going to have to throw the ball. Now, I, they must have a script, dude, because every week they are right on the money would have oh, yeah. this stuff. I don't know what's going on. So we're going to look at some things today as we talk through some of the starts, the sits, the game previews this week. And we are going to start this thing off talking about, uh, listen, a game that I'm not I'm not super excited about. Nah, you're excited, squad, Ray. You're yeah, excited. My squad is on, the, is on tap. And before we get in that, team's on bye this week. Atlanta, Indianapolis, New England, and the New Orleans Saints, those four teams on bye, Jay. But we do need to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Bryce Young, uh, we think, led Carolina Panthers in this matchup on Sunday. It's a noon game, so we ain't got to spend all day, uh, you know, waiting around for this one Sunday night. But you look at this right here. Dallas favored by 10 and a half in this game with a 42 Woo! and a half point total, Jay. And we look at this 
We look at this Carolina offense and think, well, they ain't scoring a lot of points. And you see the spread is 10 nope. and a half, which is implying Dallas is going to put up quite a bit of points against this Carolina Panthers team. Jay, but I think some people uh, don't understand how good the Carolina Panthers passing defense is. They've got a very good passing attack, man. I believe the six fewest yards they're giving up through the air this season. But let's talk about the quarterbacks, Jay. Dak Prescott and Bryce Young in this matchup. Dak Prescott right now, Jay, his uh, his passing yard total on the week, I believe, is 259 and a half, 260 for Dak Prescott. That's a high total. That's a high passing prop number for Dak Prescott. So how comfortable are you rolling out Dak Prescott as a locked and loaded, bona fide QB1 top five finish on the week for Dak Prescott versus this defense? Top five is definitely in the realm of possibilities. Uh, you know, talk about the passing yard number. I think it's reasonable, right? He has the fourth highest odds right now to throw for two touchdowns, which is good. The only players behind ahead of him are tied with him, actually. CJ Stroud, Tua Tagovailoa, and Patrick Mahomes. So he's right there in terms of the odds to actually throw for two touchdowns, which is great, obviously, for his fantasy outlook, especially in those six point six uh, point per touchdown leagues. In terms of the yards, I'm kind of iffy on it. I think the biggest problem for me with the yards is that what if bad Bryce Young comes out this game? What if three or four turnover Bryce Young comes out this game? The Carolina Panthers have one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. So talking about Rico Dattle and Tony Pollard both getting busy in this matchup. I think that Dak will be fine. Top five, he, he definitely could be. And the one factor that is working for the look to last week, they passed the ball a ton against the Giants and the Giants are terrible. So when you look at that factor and especially coming off the bye, I think it was Scott Barrett who tweeted it out. He was talking about how the neutral pass rate for the Dallas Cowboys has drastically increased, and I believe they've been in the top five over the past month. So just talking about neutral pass rate and pass rate over expected, the Cowboys near the top of the list now, and obviously Dak Prescott is thriving because of that. So I think with those two factors combined, he definitely could go over, but if bad Bryce Young shows up in this game, I'd be tempted to take an under. So how do you feel about Bryce and well, Dak in particular coming yeah, into this I matchup? Mean, well, Bryce's, Bryce's number is 189 and a half, Jay. That, doesn't, that does not inspire a lot of confidence if the books are saying that we think that's about his passing floor and ceiling 190 yards versus this defense and that offensive front I don't like it Jay I, I am very yeah. concerned for for Bryce Young in this matchup for this defense I have Bryce Young and Scott Fishbowl and and I'm probably going to start a skill position player over a quarterback in in the super flex spot. okay I, I do not feel good about this one for Bryce Young. But let's talk about CeeDee Lamb, Jay. CeeDee Lamb Ooh. in this matchup, 82 and a half yards for CeeDee Lamb. You see Brandon Cooks chilling at 35 and a half, Adam Thielen at 56 and a half yards. Those are probably the three receivers that we're looking at in this matchup. People want to know, can you start Brandon Cooks coming off of a 173-yard performance last week? You know you're starting CeeDee Lamb, so there's no question about that. But Adam Thielen on the other side, going up against Stephon Gilmore, this pass yeah. rush, 56 yards. I mean, if, if Adam Thielen's going to get 56 yards, you got to assume five or six receptions in that, 56 yards. That's flex-worthy for fantasy, Jay. How do you feel about Thielen, who has been trending down, down, down quite a bit over the past couple of weeks, Jay? I, I'll tell you this. Take a look at that. I'm going to pull this up real quick. Here goes old Adam Thielen <laughs> in the Trinity tool. There goes his score, right? Popping up, rising, rising, and over the last couple of weeks, that thing is nuking back down to reality, Jay. So people are talking about Adam Thielen. Which of these receivers are you comfortable with rolling out there this week outside of C.D. Lamb, who you're taking with this high of a 42-and-a-half point total, uh, this defense, this offense, the way Dak's playing, you're rolling out C.D. Lamb. 
Brandon Cooks and Adam Thielen. Talk about it. So Thielen actually still rates well in terms of DK's fantasy rankings. So he's right around six receptions and 58.2 yards. So probably right on 55 and a half with a little bit juice to the over based off those numbers. Uh, 50% or so scoring touchdown. He should be around half a touchdown for projection right now, which is pretty solid for him. The biggest problem is like when you look at Bryce Young's numbers for a touchdown and his odds, it's it breaks down to about 0.55 of what he's going to throw because he's at half a touchdown. He's like minus 145 to the over. But then you look at Adam Thielen, he has very similar odds to score an anytime touchdown as well. And those numbers just don't really add up. And so I'm not really liking that for Thielen. That just doesn't quite add up in terms of the opportunity and chances to score. But if you take that out, he's still okay. Six receptions, one of the highest on the slate. And then 58 yards, he, he could do that in a game where they're down a lot. Bryce is throwing okay. a lot. It's just if bad Bryce comes out, he could be closer to a mid-range or, or wide receiver two or a back-end wide receiver two. Right now, he rates out as a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. But yeah, I think there's a lot of downside there. Cooks is interesting, though, because the pass defense is great, but... I'm just so encouraged with what I saw, the neutral pass rate for the Dallas Cowboys, the pass rate over expected. I do believe this is a spot where he can win. He hasn't rate okay. out overly well because his over under right now is right around 35 yards. So it's not anything crazy. And his touchdown upside though is pretty solid at 0.4. So I think Cooks is fine and I'd be considering starting him. I actually, I have to make that decision in Scott Fishbowl this week going for uh, that number one spot, whether or not I start Cooks against Carolina, Addison, and a few other options. But uh, I would consider starting Cooks. You know, I think at worst, he's a wide receiver three and definitely has wide receiver two, wide receiver one upside. All right, there we go. Those are the receivers, and you are going to start Jake Ferguson. And just for those of y'all out there, yeah, he's like tight end four receiving right yards for Jake Ferguson on the books. But I think the real question that people want to know, and I, I mean, I keep talking about it every week, and everybody keeps telling me it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it ain't happening, Jay. Tony Pollard, man. Uh, 67 and a half yards is what they got that listed at. Rico Dowdo, you talked about it in the news. Mike McCarthy saying they want to get him more involved in the offense. We see how that looks. But the rushing yards, uh, Tony Pollard, 67 and a half this week versus Carolina. You're going to start him. You're going to put him out there because you you have no other options, right? You, you're just going to do it. You feel good about Tony Pollard in this one. And quickly, Jay, quickly, do you think Rico Dowdo is going to get more involved in the action? I think that Rico will get more involved, and I do like Tony Pollard. So for DK, he's number two on their list right now. A great shot of scoring a touchdown, almost um, at a 1.0 for his projection. I, I think the thing with Rico is he'll be involved more in the rushing game and maybe in the receiving game. I think that's where Tony Pollard needs to kind of do a bit more is in the receiving game. But I do like him this week, and I think he's in a great spot, especially to score a touchdown. I just think Dallas needs to dominate this game, and they'll both be fine. But if they don't, and this game is a little bit closer, or they struggle a bit on offense for some reason, then I think it will be mostly Tony Pollard. I'm not all in on starting Dowdle this week. I think it's a great matchup because Carolina stinks, but I don't know if I'd be all in on starting him just because Mike McCarthy says he's going to get a few more touches. Because what does that really mean? All right, let's go to the Steelers and the Browns game. Steelers and the Browns. Got Kenny Pickett versus Dorian Thompson Robinson in this game, Jay. What? We've got a 38 and a half point total in this one with Cleveland still favored by one in this matchup with a rookie crazy, quarterback. Right? Uh, no Deshaun Watson. Cleveland still favored. Jalen Warren, the starting, the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jay. Talk a little bit about this one really quickly, what you think this game is going to look like. And the total does not inspire a lot of confidence that it's going to be a lot of points. Yeah, this game should be really ugly, especially when you factor in that DTR will be playing. Can you pick it on the other side? Where are the points going to come from with two really good defenses? 
it's just not a spot I really want to play anybody. You know, the only guy I'd maybe consider is Deontay Johnson, but even against this Cleveland team, it's like, what is the upside here? Pat Fryerman's going to be back. I don't want to start him. Look at these you numbers. Know, you look, on the look at these numbers. <laughs> look at these passing numbers. DTR, 166 and a half. Kenny Pickett, 179 and a half. So you're talking about Deontay Johnson, but then you go over to his receiving line, and I mean, 46 and a half yards for Deontay Johnson. That's what the books are saying based on this defense yep. Kenny Pickett has to go up against. The yep. quarterback, right? There's a very good chance that Cleveland, what if they can't move the ball, Jay? Cleveland can't move the ball, so they just run it, right? They just try, they just, they run the ball, grind it out. I don't know how I feel about any of these pass catchers, Jay. And just looking at these lines, not a single player over 50 yards projected to go over, according to the books. Like this, yep. this feels dirty, Jay. This feels like a dirty, dirty game, man. This feels like a dirty game. Yeah, it's gross when DraftKings has a better projection for Dorian Thompson Robinson than they do for Kenny Pickett right now. That tells you everything you need to know about what we expect from these two teams. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, skill position players, as you mentioned, Deontay Johnson, lines don't look great, but you know, he's a back end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three right now. Jalen Warren still only running back 15. Um, Najee Harris, even lower than that, because of course we don't expect him to get as much volume in this contest. It's gonna be a gross game. I think this game probably goes under. I'm not really want to start anybody from it. Yuck. Again, the question is, how do you feel about like a Jerome Ford or a Kareem Hunt? If DTR is the starting quarterback, do they get a I'll ton of volume in this Jerome contest? Ford a little later. I'll talk about Jerome Ford a little bit later. Jay, Kareem Hunt's been well. He's played well. Uh, whenever they give him opportunity, he's done, a, he's done a good job in there. It's just, it's a low scoring game, low total game. Good defense, great defense with Cleveland versus a very not so good quarterback in Kenny Pickett. I think it's going to be a lot of ground and pound. I mean, we were showing some of the lines yeah. that DraftKings has up for the rushers. Uh, Jalen Warren, 36 and a half yards. Uh, who else? Kareem Hunt, 30 and a half. Najee Harris, his lines aren't even up yet. We're at 41 and a half for Najee Harris. Yeah. Like, Low. I think it's I think it's going to be a running game. I, this is not a game where I really feel inclined to start a lot of the pass catchers in this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Low total, a lot of running, not a lot of passing. Expect some ugly stuff from picking in DTR in this one. Yeah, it, it's going to be gross, and I don't really want to play anybody, and especially when you talk about just a low total that I think goes under. It's just a bad recipe for fantasy football, especially when we have a lot of players in these matchups that we like. Like, I'd love to play Amari Cooper, but even against the Steelers, I just don't like the matchup at all. But, Ray, what's the next game you want to get to? Because I know there's a couple get, big ones excited. on the slate. Let's get Okay, the thank excited. God. I'm jumping thank around. God. Don't worry about the show sheet. Just follow my lead. I'm jumping all over the place, Jay. But this is one that... I'm hoping is a is a sneaky shootout, man. I'm hoping we get some points okay. in this one. We got a lot of players to talk about, Jay. So let me pull it up right now because the game that I want to go to, Joe's Las Vegas Raiders and the oh, people's no. Miami Dolphins. The people love them some Miami Dolphins. But this game, Jay, ESPN bet their game odds uh, over under total of 47 and a half. So we like that. We air horn that. Yep. We, like we like the that. 47 and a half. But they have Miami favored by 13. <laughs> yeah, the man. They got the Raiders is big time dogs on the road. And this one, the Raiders five and five, the Miami Dolphins coming off of a bye, six and three. Uh, Jay, I mean, I mean, just looking at the total, I mean, 46 and a half, excuse me, open at, open at 47 and a half, but 46 and a half total. Jay, talk to me about this one, man. Miami heavy favors to win this matchup. You got two. You got Aiden O'Connell. You've got Raheem yep. Mostert and A-Chan. You've got the running game of Josh Jacobs, the receivers of Adams and Waddle and Myers and Tyreek Hill. 
Should be a lot of scoring in this one, Jay. 46 and a half points. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, there should be a lot of scoring on one side of the board. That is for sure. You're I don't know about both sides. Love? I'll give the Raiders some love, but when you just talk about matchups overall, I mean, Miami has the fourth best matchup on the board right now, facing off against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are allowing 25.7 fantasy points to opposing running backs since week five. That is, like I mentioned, third best in the NFL in terms of points over expected, which is 21% above average. So whether it's HN or Raheem Mostert, both look great. Now, there's no lines out for them right now. I'd imagine they're both in the top probably 12 at running back this week in terms of DK's numbers. So that alone tells me that it's a great spot for the running game. What does it mean for the passing game? That's kind of the biggest question for the Dolphins is how much do they need to pass? And the big thing, Ray, Dolphins have been beaten up on bad teams all year long. I know we've been really excited, but we've seen from the Raiders the past two weeks, they beat the Giants and they beat the Jets. When you're beating teams from New Jersey, you are still not serious. I'm happy for Antonio Pierce. He's getting some big wins, exciting the fan base. But it's a very different environment they're going into this week. And with the Dolphins, as you talked about on ESPN, favored by 10. It's already been juiced up to 13. Yeah, 13. I think they wow. probably still cover and could be two touchdowns by the time this ultimately opens up. So I'm all in on the running game. I think for you, though... You're starting A-Chan no matter what, right? Even though he could be maybe a little bit limited in his role, we know that he can obviously explode on any play. Yeah, man. Yes, you're starting A-Chan. You're starting Raheem Mostert. You're starting Josh Jacobs. You're starting the running backs. The receivers Josh is where Jacobs, gets, really? Yeah, you're starting against Miami's defense? Are you kidding me? Yes, you start Josh Jacobs. He's being fed. He's the bell we'll cow. They, Antonio Pierce is doing the right thing and getting him the ball. He's going to be volume. The jersey looks like it's gotten tighter. It's not as loose as it once was. Josh Jacobs is there, man. They got to feed Josh Jacobs. Questions is on the receiving side, man. You got Michael Mayer. You got Jalen Waddle, 63 and a half yards for Waddle with a little bit of juice coming in for him to go under that. So those of y'all out there mm -hmm. going to start Waddle, but temper expectations potentially. Adam, 68 and a half receiving yards. He's been peppered with targets the past couple of weeks with Antonio Pierce as the head coach and Aiden O'Connell in at quarterback. Jacoby Myers is the one who has suffered, Jay, and you see his receiving yard line is down to 37 and a half. Michael Mayer, 17 and a half yards. And then the man, Tyreek Hill, 90 and a half yards against his Raiders defense. Tyreek Hill having a week off, Jay. This could be just Tyreek Hill explosion versus this Raiders team. And you look at Tua, 260 and a half, 69 and a half passing yards is what he's projected to hit, man. That's the line for Tua. So if Tua's going to throw for 270, Jay, and they're going to beat the Raiders by 13 points? You don't think Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Devon Achan, those cats going to have a monster game? Somebody's got to have a monster game if they're scoring damn near 50 points. Someone's got to have a monster game. That is certain. I think the problem for me lies with, do we believe the Raiders are for real? Because they played some bad quarterbacks. So when you look at their numbers it looks like their defense is improving, right? Because you look at the matchups in terms of wide receivers, they're 29th in the NFL right now in terms of allowing fantasy points to wide receivers um, with 25 a game, which obviously doesn't look good for the Dolphins, but I'm very confident in Tyreek Hill. It's, am I confident in Waddle? I don't know, because with how bad the Raiders' running game is, it makes a lot of sense for them to lean on Mostert, Jeff Wilson get involved, Devon Chan can do a ton, and I am very confident they will smash. But will we get even eight targets to Waddle and hit the passing yard number for Tua Tagovailoa in a game where they don't really need to pass to win this contest. I think they can cover, but I think there's a world where they don't as well. They just want to get through the game, win the game, done, off the bye. I'm sure they'll want to get certain players involved more than others. 
I don't know if Waddle's necessarily going to smash, and that's why his under is there, because the Raiders have been good against wide receivers. The problem is they've been playing a lot of garbage teams as well, so those numbers are skewed a little bit, and especially with the juice to the running game, I think it's really, really good matchup for the running backs in this contest, so I wouldn't say I'm all in on Waddle. You, I think you probably start him because the point total is so high. We expect Miami to score a lot of points. I just don't know if we're going to see a dominant performance from Waddle and Tyreek Hill in this matchup. I think there's definitely room for it. I mean, with that total at 46 and a half, man, 63 and a half yards is his line. And again, it's the correlation of Tua. If Tua's going to go out there and drop 270 on this team, Miami's number one in the NFL in scoring points are averaging over 30 points a game. They give up a lot of points because they get up so much. They pull their starters and teams, get those cheap touchdowns. Hence the reason why I want to continue to play all the pass catchers from the Raiders. Even if Miami jumps out to a big lead, Raiders are going to stay out there, let their guys throw the ball. Aiden O'Connell should throw the ball. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm firing up most everybody in this matchup that I can. You know, the, the other question is... Not worried about Jacoby or any of those guys? Because the, the thing is, the Miami defense worried. is improving I'm a lot, a right? About With Ramsey coming back... Yes. They've been much improved, and week at like week after week, that defense continues to go further and further down in terms of passing passing points allowed um, to other players. Right now, it's about neutral, but yeah, I think with Ramsey, we I mean, we saw it against the Chiefs. They played great on the back end there and, and really held down Travis Kelsey. So I think they can do similar things to Devontae Adams, and it's an interesting conversation, but Jacoby in particular has been struggling a lot. They've been yes. forcing the ball to Adams, but not so much to Jacoby Myers. 37 and a half yards and money coming in right now saying he's going under that total. Again, with the ability of Miami to score points against this defense, I'm a little hesitant to to dive into that realm that he's going to go under just off of sheer that they're going to have to throw the ball to stay in this game. Like they're going to have to throw it. And I doubt they're only going to be able to throw it to Devontae Adams. This is this is a this is a this is a I think you just got to start him and pray. I think with Jacoby Myers, okay. he's a start and pray um in, in that matchup, Jay. But let's move on to another game. And I want to talk about the Chicago Bears and the Detroit let's Lions, go. Jay. Let's talk about it. Bears Lions. Oh, so Ray, do you want to start with the Bears? Because we do have Justin Fields coming back. Well, I'm start with and you the have total, a couple, man. What's the, what's the game total right now? 47 and let a me, half. Let me bust up my glasses. 47, 47 and a half. Lions favored by seven. Wow. Money moving on the Bears, Ray? Yeah. Are people insane? Well, let me let me let me do this since you didn't do it. It's uh Detroit's favored by seven and a half, 47 point, 47 and a half point total in this matchup and yes there's money moving in the direction of chicago we know justin fields is back in this game so if you got fields you have jared goff you got amon ross st brown and dj moore the rushing attack of chicago with deontay foreman khalil herbert's back this week cole Komet at tight end other side dope tight end and sam laporta phenomenal running game with jameer gibbs and david montgomery i mean th- this should be we're talking about the total in the, in the dolphins game this total is uh, higher, technically higher than that game. So there should be points in abundance in this matchup. Detroit at home, 7-2. and two. Fields is back. Talk about it, man. So the biggest thing here really is the fact that Detroit's at home. Detroit plays so much better at home. Jared Goff plays so much better at home. The Lions score so many more points at home. You know, I, the, I reference the Ravens at home all the time. And of course, they were at home yesterday and put up 30 points once again. But Detroit yeah. is very similar in that fashion. Playing against this Bears defense that isn't very good. Now, they have been much better against the run, surprisingly. But in terms of against the pass... They are one of the best matchups in the NFL right now. They're improving slowly, but it hasn't quite got there yet. And obviously Detroit 
it's one of the best offensive teams in the NFL. So whether you're talking Amara St. Brown, um, in terms of matchup for Sam Laporta, it's one of the best on the slate, top three matchup. 17.7 points per game. The Chicago Bears are allowing two opposing tight ends, so it looks great for Laporta. Obviously, we trust Amara St. Brown. I want to see what happens with the Chicago defense because it is looking like it's getting better and better every week, especially in the running game. But we obviously like Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. So you're starting both of those guys. I think Detroit's going to put up a lot of points. The question is, can Justin Fields match it and have a big performance like he did last week up again or last season? Sorry, in Detroit, because I think that was another game that he rushed for over 100 yards. I just looked at the comments. (laughs) Joe is. Hey, man. Yeah, I know it's Friday and y'all feeling good and y'all know Jay Rich is. Is gone off that sauce Friday mornings. But Joe, I expect better out of you, Joe. This is this is unacceptable. Josh Jacobs is getting monster loads. Come on, Joe. What are we doing, Joe? What are we doing? Jay, I didn't mean to derail you. I didn't mean to derail you. I just saw that comment. But look at this, Jay. Just... Fields, 210 and a half passing yards for, for Justin Fields is the what the line said. That feels so is, high. You think it's high for Fields? You think that's a high that line? That feels so high. I mean, he doesn't, when does he throw over 200 yards? Like almost never. And especially in a game where they're playing on the turf in the dome. Like we've seen him have phenomenal performances against the Detroit Lions. Ray, this is Justin Fields we're talking about here. He's thrown for over 200 yards how many times this season? It's it's been multiple times. This season he's done it like, the bar for for success is throwing over 210 yards multiple times in a season? This (laughs) this is where we're at? This is how down bad we are? I didn't say that was the bar for... I didn't like say I said, that was the seems bar for high. success, but you're saying this is way too damn high, and I'm like... Okay, so Will Levis has a higher line than 50? him. Josh Dobbs has a higher line than him. I mean, Jordan Love has a way higher line than him and probably should. I, it's more about the rushing, and we know that, but it's just, I don't know. I don't really like it. I don't think he's going to throw for like 210 yards. I don't really like DJ Moore in this matchup. I think it's a good matchup like for him, Moore. especially... Okay, let's, let's no, take I, a look. I don't DJ think it's Moore. a great matchup for DJ Moore. I think that he could get suffocated on the back end if they just key in on him, and it could be a better game for Cole Komet. Like, you look at DJ Moore right now. How far do I got to go? Is he even on this list at all? Oh, my Who? God. I can't even find him. Where, where Are his lines out right now? Who? 64 and a half. DJ Moore. Yeah, it's right there on the screen. The second name, DJ Moore. Oh, my sheet's all messed up. yards for DJ Moore. Oh, because he doesn't have a reception number. That's why. So half a touchdown. He's he's actually looking okay. He's wide receiver 28 with receptions. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. Listen, Armin Ross St. Brown, DJ Moore, you're running those two out there. Like, don't overthink it. I don't give a damn about Justin Fields and his passing yard numbers. Really? You don't? Dude, come on. It can't be It's his first game back off a thumb injury where he couldn't throw the ball. You have to be a little concerned. Mm, a little concerned. Slightly. To say you have no concerns and this number that I, I, don't. I think you would admit if, is a little high at 210 if he's not I fully healthy. I don't have any concern, man. Like he's going like who else is he going to throw All the right. ball to? I don't I don't have any concern. Who else is he going to throw the ball to? Darnell Mooney? Equinemius? Oh, he can't. Brown? He's he's tried to throw the ball to Darnell Mooney. It just don't work. But Byron Pringle, they're going to throw the ball to DJ Moore a whole bunch of times and in a game where Detroit will score on Chicago, they will score on Chicago. They are not going to be able to just run the ball and win the game. Just Fields hadn't even been running a ball like that this year. I think he's averaging over his last five games sub-40 rushing yards. He just hurt his damn hand. I highly doubt that's what he's going to want to do. First game back, this is a high-scoring game. I'm not worried about any of that. Uh, you look at the the rushing lines for the – all they have up are Fields – and the two Lions running backs, Jameer Gibbs, 
41 and a half rushing yards, 49 and a half for David Montgomery and 48 and a half for Justin Fields. Talk about low. Like it, it, it just feels low to me, Jay. Just looking at this, it feels low against the Chicago defense. These are low lines. I mean, Gibbs, Monty, you're rolling them both out there. But if you wanted to make some money, which line do you think you would attack? Like who gets the most yards in this game? That's tough. See, when you look at the rushing yards, right, obviously you lean Montgomery. In terms of total yards, it does slightly lean Gibbs. And then in terms of touchdowns, it does slightly favor David Montgomery, Montgomery. right now. So I'm kind of still inclined to say Montgomery. And I believe I said that last week as well. And obviously Gibbs outperformed him. It's just who am I betting on to score the touchdown? The answer, number one, whether you're looking at the books or just probability in general, is Dave Montgomery. I think if you're talking about grinding out carries at the goal line, that's probably Dave Montgomery. While they have given Gibbs that role a little bit, you're starting both. I still think the higher floor play is Dave Montgomery, though, because I don't think they're going to give Gibbs carries late in the game if they're in a blowout either. So I think the answer is very slightly Montgomery, but DK has them both as top 12 running backs right now. Outside of the Dolphins, guys would probably be in there as well. Man, look at look at the juice to Justin Fields to throw an interception, Jay. Minus 160. The book. So, so do you Fields think he can get pulled in this game? game? If he's really bad, does he get yanked? Because that's the other fear with Fields. No way. Oh, why Jay not? Friday. Now we're now the show started. Justin why Fields can't he get yanked? Benched. There we go. Now the show has begun. Now we can get into it. What do you think? If he's struggling, no. if he's throwing interceptions, if they're no. out of the game, no. Why no. not? No, they're not going to pull him, man. They're not pulling because Tyson Bajan wasn't that good either. Because Tyson Bajan, it would be different if he were out there balling out week in and week out and gave that team some some you know expected extra Some zappy magic to, to win but he, he hadn't been good either like stop it man they're not pulling justin fields they'll go out there and throw three picks fumble the ball twice and he'll still finish the game they're not they're not pulling justin fields jay all right i mean not I, I don't know about that but again you're you're all in on justin fields and i'm the hater so i guess we're just playing our roles on the show right now but what is the next game that you want to get into because i don't know if there's anything else you want to hit in this game do you want to talk laporta commit no, the matchup him. for Laporta is great. Komet is Komet's been awesome, honestly. Yeah. Like we just talk about just performances. Komet with Bajit has been pretty good. So hopefully, he can continue with Justin Fields. Obviously, was phenomenal with Fields last year. Uh, but that's pretty much it as far as tight ends. I don't think I'm starting anybody else in the matchup. You know, kind of the key guys. I'm not starting J Mo. It's really just Laporta and um, Amara. Then you have DJ Moore, and then as Ray said, he is all in on Justin Fields this week. I'm not all. I am not all in on Justin. Full Fields. fields. I just don't think they're big pull fields guy for Tyson Bajan. Let's go to the Giants and the Commanders quickly. Jay, woof. Uh, Giants and Commanders. I, I'm writing the, the timestamp down. So go ahead and preview the start of this one. So if you want to talk Giants Commanders, I think you have to start with the quarterbacks. It's actually a really interesting matchup because the Giants did win the the first game here of the season. No, right? Just interesting hear me out with Tommy DeVito. It's an okay. interesting. Tommy DeVito stinks. We know that, right? The over-under, 37 and a half. So that's not great. Washington, though, Ray, favored by nine points. Hmm. Do we think the Commanders can win by nine points? They lost this game early in the season by seven points. Do is I think Tommy DeVito is very good? the slate, 37 points? Uh, it might be. It yeah, might be. There's some, there's the some pretty low totals on the slate. Yeah. But yeah, so as I mentioned, a game that only went to 21 points the first time around. Sam Howell really struggled the first time he played the Giants defense. I don't know if the Commanders can cover this game, which means I think it's going to go under. Tommy DeVito, in terms of projections, literally the lowest on the slate. Lowest passing yard number, lowest touchdown number. Ew. Sam Howell as well, though, on the other end, 
doesn't look that great either. So I think there could be some room, but then you also talk about the Washington side. Yes, we don't like Tommy DeVito, but Washington has been very susceptible to wide receivers and tight ends this season. So they're allowing a ton of points to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. So maybe if there's a spot where DeVito could have a decent game, this is probably it. It's just, do I believe in that? Absolutely not. There's a reason why he's one of the lowest on the slate. But would you start any of your commanders? Are you in on Sam Howell this week or any of the pass catchers for the Washington Commanders? Oh, Steelers-Browns is 33, so that's the lowest. The 33. Yeah. I didn't think they were that, 33. I don't, AFC North football, baby. Let's go. Good Lord, man. Um, Rico said Giants are trash can juice. Uh, Jay, I'm looking at this, and I'll just say this. I'm not enthused to start any of them. I mean, these are just the receiving lines. 24 and a half for Slayton, 36 and a half and four drops for Jahan Dotson. Logan Thomas, I thought about talking about him. Maybe it's a Logan Thomas game. And McLaurin okay. right there at 59 yards. You go to the passing props, uh, 162 for DeVito. Nobody is starting him, so there's no point to talk about that. Sam Howell, 246 and a half. And then the rushing lines, nothing. 69 and a half for Saquon Barkley. That's who I'm starting. Uh, from the Giants, from the New York football giants, the only player that okay. I want to start, Jay, is Saquon Barkley. Bell Cal Barkley this it. week? Who? Bell Cal Barkley this week? Didn't get Be it last Be week. Yeah, yeah. Bell Cal Barkley. Absolutely. Give me Bell Cal Barkley. Uh, the receivers. <sighs> McCorn actually projects out okay. Wide receiver 17 right now. Not bad. 60 yeah. yards or so. Five receptions. Yeah, I mean, I believe, five, in, I believe that's what he had five, last if, time if as well. If McCorn gives you five for 60, you're happy. If he gives you five for yeah. 60, and maybe he scores, gets a two-point conversion, yeah. you'll take it, right? You're you're happy about it. Jay, there have been some rumors about the old commanders, though, and really? potentially some Bill Belichick to the commanders. I'm oh. hearing I'm hearing Bill to a couple of different teams, but uh, yeah, new, yeah, owner, or new ownership group in D.C. wanting to make, make a splash. I don't know if I'd like it, but I, I'm just I'm you hearing, wouldn't I'm like hearing it. noise. Bill Belichick in, in, in D.C. I don't know, Jay. I, I, Can Belichick is, do it with... You know, now he's got the receivers, so he doesn't have to draft him, which is great for us for fantasy because we know it'll be McLaurin and Dotson for the foreseeable future because we know he's not going to draft anybody. So it could be a match made in heaven for old Bill. Ugh, man, this, the, uh, you know, we were looking through this slate, Jay, and it is, um, it's just, a, it's pretty gross. Did you see what week, Tater right? said? What Can Tater Belichick say? trade himself because he's the GM? Can I mean, he facilitate his own trade to another team? Joe said Maybe she'd like can. that. Joe said, I'd love Bill Belichick on the commanders. Joe said she'd like that. Jeff said he heard that on Sports Hub this morning as well. Interesting. Like, I just heard that rumor from a couple of people, but it's interesting that um, that that people are kind of saying that, that the commanders, they need the splash. We think Ron Rivera is not going to be there anymore after this season. So, That'll be an interesting spot to see where Bill ends up, but it feels like there is going to be a separation in New England, and we won't talk about the Patriots today because Thank they God. do not play this week. Thank goodness uh, we do not have to watch them on TV this week. But we do have to talk about Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Green Bay Packers, Jay. We got Herbert versus Love. We've got, uh, you know, Brandon Staley, the wizard genius, versus... What's the kid's name? Who's the guy out of Green Bay? What's his name? What the hell is his name again? Matt LaFleur? Matt LaFleur. Yeah, offensive okay. gurus. This game, Chargers are favored by three right now with a total of 43 and a half. So not bad. Not bad. Um, Green Bay plus money plus three for Green Bay Packers. You got Jordan Love, Justin Herbert. Questions that I have in the show sheet. Uh, do you trust any Green Bay Packer running back or wide receiver this week? Any of them. Do you trust any of them this week? 
from Green Bay. I not, not don't mind Aaron Jones. I don't mind Aaron Jones this week. Pass catchers, I'm still a no, though. I just don't know who's getting the ball, right? That's that's the biggest problem. I, I think the matchup, and you look at the data, the matchup is really good for wide receivers in general. But if you don't know who's getting the ball, it's really not very useful to you. There's just been too much spreading around going on in Green Bay. And so I can't trust any one player to get the ball. I think if I was betting on someone, it would still would be Christian Watson. But I just wow. can't make that determination right now. What wow. you're not you're not in on Christian Watson? Wow. Uh no. No thanks. Well, I'm you. just if so you want the number if you want, I mean you have the numbers in front of you, but in terms of the actual fantasy numbers for all these receivers, Christian Watson, wide receiver 42, Jaden Reed, wide receiver 43, Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver 45, and Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver 52. Now they all don't have touchdown numbers right now, but that just tells you the little separation between all of these players. Yeah, I, I don't feel good about any of these pass catchers from Green Bay. The lines are all, they're all right here. I don't feel good about Reed. I don't really want to start Christian Watson. But again, you look at the total, Jay, and it's not going to be the Chargers that score all 43 and Green Bay score zero. So mm-hmm. where do the points come from, from the Green Bay side? Jordan Love, decent line, 229 and a half passing yards. Justin Herbert, 226 and a half. If you think he's going to go over or under that total, but then the rushing line, I mean, Aaron Jones, 53 and a half. Dylan, 29 and a half yards for Jones. Eckler's line seems a little high at 57 and a half rushing yards for Austin Eckler. But money is coming in saying he should run all over this Green Bay Packers defense. Got Jordan Love, who's been running the ball as well. I, I, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the game script down for this one. Is Green Bay going to be able to move the ball? Will they be committed to run the ball with Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, which seemingly every week they get away from it. Give yep. Aaron Jones the ball. It's simple. What are we doing? Give Aaron Jones the ball. Throw it to him. Hand it to him. Do something. Maybe Aaron Jones is cooked. For all we know, maybe he's cooked. <laughs> but damn, man, you don't want Jordan Love dropping back 45 times, launching it out. Run the damn ball. Well, that's the interesting thing, Ray, is that I think that Matt LaFleur does want Jordan Love out there okay. launching it 40 times a game because that's what they've been doing over the past two weeks. Jordan Love has thrown the ball 40 times in two of the three games. And I think in this matchup, right, <laughs> in this matchup, we have a Chargers team coming in facing the number one defense in terms of allowing fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Green Bay has actually held quarterbacks very well. Now, they've had a very easy schedule, so I'm not saying bench Herbert. It's just recently... Quarterback play has been struggling against the Green Bay Packers. In terms of running backs, it's about neutral matchup. Green Bay has been allowing a decent amount of rushing yards. And there is a potential rate for Jair Alexander to return this week. So that could pose some problems for Herbert, but probably not a ton. Keenan Allen has been back at practice. He'll be fine to play this week. Much of a problem at all. None. And I believe the Chargers will score points. But on the other side, the Chargers allow 300 passing yards a game. So there should be points scored for the the Green Bay Packers, the problem for us in fantasy is we don't know who those points, who those yards are going to go to. But I do like Jordan Love in this matchup, and so I'm not overly concerned about them scoring points. It's can they sustain drives? And I think that's the biggest question is how does Staley play against Jordan Love? Because for everything Brandon Staley is not against good teams, he actually does put together good defenses against bad quarterbacks. And so if that happens, if the Chargers get to a big lead, I do believe that Green Bay will have to throw to get back in the game. That's why I don't hate if you have to play Jordan Love this week. And that's why he's QB 13 on DraftKings because they believe that he can come back in this game, score a lot of garbage points, and ultimately be okay for fantasy. 
Well, the garbage time, I mean, for fantasy, we will take garbage time points, right? All the for points count, points, right? We'll take garbage time. I know we'll talk about Jordan Love in a little bit, Jay, but let's pivot and talk about your boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence oh, no. and the Jacksonville one? Jaguars versus Will Levis in the Tennessee Titans. We got T-Law versus Levis. Levis versus T-Law, Jay. Um, yep. Jacksonville, I mean, they, they, they got they got foot put in them by San Francisco last week. I mean, they came off the bye and Brock Purdy uh, put his cowboy boot on, greased it up, and aimed it right in the backside of Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson and jammed it right up there. Jammed it right up in there. Uh, beat the brakes off of him. T-Law was awful. He's been pretty bad all season. Now they got to face this Tennessee defense that's not very scary, an offense that can't really move the ball with Will Levis. All, yeah. all that Levis hype and enthusiasm after that one game is starting to go down. It's starting to go downhill. He looked pretty bad versus Tampa Bay. But what do you think about this one, Jay? I mean, this is a game at home, division division opponent. Jacksonville needs to win this game. Because we're going to talk yeah. about Houston in a minute. Jacksonville needs to win this game. They, they very, very much so need to win this game. Do you think they get it done? How do you think these players perform as I pull up their lines? So in terms of the matchup and the players, I do think Jacksonville wins. And to your point, it is a get right spot for them against Tennessee defense that has been surprisingly better against quarterbacks and wide receivers, but has been bad against the run. I think the biggest key to success for the Jaguars this season has been getting the ball to Travis Etienne and letting him do work early and often in ball games. And this is one of the better matchups, the top 10 matchup this week for Etienne against this Tennessee Titans defense. We talk a lot about how good Tennessee is against the run. Well, very recently, they have struggled. They've been on a ton of yards. You remember the breakout game that Jalen Warren and Najee Harris had against this same Tennessee defense? I believe that was Thursday Night Football last week or two weeks ago. So this Tennessee Titans defense is not as good on the ground. And so I think that's where, you know, you talk about Lawrence struggling, the offense struggling as a whole. Getting ETN going in a great spot, I think, means great things for the Jacksonville Jaguars team. They should be able to put up 25, 27, even 30 points in this matchup. The question is, is can Tennessee stay relevant enough to make it make a, a bit of a game for all the pass catchers as well? I don't think they're going to be tempted to throw the ball a lot. I think they just get the ball in the hands of ETN a lot, throw the ball to Christian Kirk when they need to, to on key downs, and then move along with a win where they probably win and cover pretty easily that six points. Well, Jay, I'm looking at the game line. Jacksonville's favored by, by seven. 39 and a half point total on this one, which is not high either. That's not good. Points. Yeah. Um, and then you talked about Trevor Lawrence, uh, 238 passing yards, 238 and a half for T-Law, 212 and a half for Will Levis. Going over to the rushing, you talked about Travis Etienne, 67 and a half rushing yards for Etienne on the books. You got Derrick Henry at 56 and a half, Jay. How do you feel about, <sighs> man, this, just based on how they've been using them, this feels... It feels crazy to say that this feels high for Derrick Henry. This is a low number for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry could 100% rip off a 57-yarder on the first play of the game. But mm -hmm. does this more so speak to the fact that they haven't committed to running Derrick Henry? And what the hell was Tennessee doing keeping him on the roster if they weren't going to run the damn ball with him? Yeah, that's the biggest problem is they're not running the ball at Derrick Henry. They're getting the ball at Tajay Spears instead. And so those snap splits aren't in favor of Derrick Henry. And on top of that, with Will Levis struggling, there's no reason for Jacksonville to keep a safety back or even keep multiple defensive backs back. They probably just play man coverage, cover one all game and keep the box tight oh, to avoid a big go. play from Derrick Henry. 
Rico called him <laughs> Prince Henry. Don't do that, Rico. Don't do that. The outlook Rico. isn't great. I mean, the matchup is okay because Jacksonville is getting shredded the past couple of weeks. I mean, look at what happened just last week. So tight end advantage looks favorable. Wide receivers look favorable. Running backs look favorable. All because of the, some of the matchups they had very recently. But I don't know if I believe Will Levis can be competent enough to keep them in this game, at which point it makes the running game pretty much neutralized because we know that Jacksonville is going to play strong defense. They have one of the better DVOAs in the NFL right now. So the question for me, Ray, is do you believe Tennessee can stay competitive? I don't. And so for me, if you have to bench Derrick Henry and you do have you know, a capable option, I do think it's not a terrible decision if you wanted to do so. I don't think you're going to sink your ship. What about your boy Calvin Ridley? What about your boy Calvin Ridley? 10 yards fewer than Christian Kirk on the books. Kirk, 58 and a half yards. Calvin Ridley, 48 and a half yards for uh, for the second receiver on the Jacksonville Jaguars. How you feeling about your boy Ridley this week? 48 and a half yards. I do not feel good about Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley has been not, not been getting the ball. It's on a great spot against Tennessee. I just, I don't like it. I think he's going to be keyed in on once again, and they'll just throw the ball to Christian Kirk. He's got better lines, better touchdown odds. You want Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley pretty much every week going forward. Um, it's just, it's not a great spot for Ridley right now. Jay, you feel good about ETN and 60, 67 and a half. I mean, we had a down week from ETN yeah. last week versus San Francisco. He's somebody that we had pumped up, really wanted to talk about taking, but do you feel good about ETN 67 and a half yards versus this Tennessee defense that you can run on? I mean, they should be loading ETN up, right? Yeah, 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 I think you add multiple tight ends, you make it very difficult for them to bring guys down into the box. They still will use their pass catchers, but it will be an ETN game in my opinion. I do like 67 and a half. I think you could even ladder it all the way up to 80 plus. Um, when ETN has a great game, he has a monster game. And so when you're projecting a big game from ETN, which I think coming off a bad loss, him being the driver for this offense, puts them in a great spot to utilize him heavily. And I think if you do that and he has a great game, he probably goes for damn near 85 to 100 yards. So for me, 67 and a half is a more than fair number to start with. And I think it only gets juiced up throughout the weekend. Man, I'm just, did you, T-Law on the season, Jay, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. Yeah. He hasn't thrown, do you want to guess what his QB rank right is for the week right now? It's not that high. Jay, we got to play a game. We got to play a game. Oh, we got we to play a we game. We got to play a game, Jay. We got to play a game. Would you rather look at this, Jay? All right, hold on. Your thoughts. Boyd Moss, late second. We will. 26 uh, second? You got to cut the 26 second. What, what is that? Uh, we'll Give me Zach Moss. Boyd will. Uh, Trade Moss. Trade, Trade Moss. Moss. Cut, the, cut the second. What is that? You want to cut the 26 second? All right, there we go. All right. CJ Stroud has leaped. I asked the question last week, Jay. I said Stroud or Josh Allen. Y'all called me crazy. You said that I had lost my shit. I did. CJ Stroud, the people have spoken. The people have said Stroud. The people over have said Allen. Stroud over Herbert. Stroud over Burrow and Lamar Jackson. CJ Stroud, now a BAM tier quarterback. Right after well, Jalen Hurts. Is he a BAM tier quarterback? That's that that's my question to you, because you can't just say that. Do you believe that? Because I don't. I will take your silence as no, he is not a BAM tier quarterback. It. I believe it. T Lock, oh. QB 10. Jay, would you rather right now, straight up, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence? <laughs> I think I want Kyler Murray. Would Kyler Murray look good. Right now, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, QB 16, T-Law, QB 10. 
Would you rather right now, uh, Fields or T-Law? I'll take T-Law. I, I was hoping you'd go there because I would pretty easily take T-Law right All now. Right. I think Goff is interesting because of the dynasty value versus like, you know, the production you get week in and week out. Da Dak or T-Law? Can I ask a question? No, answer it. Dak or T-Law? Dak. Brock Purdy or T-Law? Brock Purdy. Just I kick think the crap so. out of T-Law. I think so too, man. I, we I talked about Brock Purdy versus T-Law I mean, a while ago. Then Brock Purdy started stinking it up. I got nervous. But what happened this week? Brock Purdy's yeah. back, baby. We're back. Back like we never left. Ooh, Sam Howell really? or T-Law? Trevor Lawrence, the golden one, man. The golden one. He's only got a couple of incomplete passes this year, though. So uh, there, there's some positives. There's some positives right there. All right, Jay, what else do we have? Who else do we have on slate, on tap that we need to talk about? Uh, let's go to the Jets and the Buffalo Bills, Jay. Jets and Bills. Let's talk about that game. Oh. Let me pull it up real quick. Jets and Bills, that should be another Jay. What gross we got one. for that one? So, I mean, Jets and Bills, number one question, Ray, is what does this offense look like? We have Joe Brady at the helm. The Buffalo Bills yep. are at home, favored by seven points, over under of 39 and a half. Gross. Last yeah. time these teams played, Josh Allen was terrible. Do you expect anything to change this time around, Ray? Because honestly, I just... I don't think Joe Brady is fixing Josh Allen. Something's wrong. No. And people people need to understand that this Jets defense is literally the best in the NFL. Like, it is ridiculous what these guys do with zero help from their offense. Like, this is the biggest problem. Is like, you can like the Buffalo Bills. You can like Stephon Diggs. You can think, oh, Joe Brady's going to change everything for Josh Allen. But the Jets are still one of the top defenses in the NFL, especially against wide receivers. So for a team that is so de so determined to get the ball to their wide receivers, the Jets are 32nd in the NFL allowing fantasy points to wide receivers with 18.6. They have the lowest number of receptions allowed per game at 8.6. They allow less than 100 yards per game to wide receivers. Oh, but they can get the ball to Alton Kincaid. Well, they also allow the 27th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends and 7.9 a game. So... Where are the points going to come from for the Buffalo Bills? They're going to have to run the ball, and I think it means bad things for Josh Allen. I don't think he throws three picks to one guy again, but I don't think he gets right in this matchup against the Jets. James Cook, 52.5 yards. Josh Allen, 30.5. I would be hammering the over on that. Like On Allen? I, I, okay. I think Allen's going to have to run, man. I, I think Allen is going to have to run. You look at the receiving lines, man. Kincaid, 49.5. That's sort of what he's been set to. Got Garrett Wilson on the other side, 67 and a half. Diggs, 73 and a half yards for Stefan Diggs, Jay. So the big thing with Diggs, if you remember, both Sauce and DJ Reed don't travel, right? They play their sides right. and they don't go into the slot. So when they were really struggling last time, I believe Diggs still had like 80 yards in that contest, but it was because they moved him into the slot and he was basically just running ins and curls out of the slot the whole game. So Allen had somebody to throw the ball to. I think they will do similar things again. I mean, unless Joe Brady is an absolute moron, it was the only thing they had going for them in that last contest. So I think that we see Diggs play a bit of the slot. So I'm not so concerned with taking a massive under, even though they've really had success against wide receivers. The question is, do you trust him to hit those marks though? Because I don't know if I'd go much higher than that. What you normally see when teams make these kind of coaching changes is that the, the new coach that comes in, the interim or the replacement, hyper-targets the alpha, whomever that may be. You saw it happen with Devontae Adams. Maybe this is a situation where Diggs just gets littered with targets. And you see right yep. now, books are saying if you want to take an over six and a half receptions for Diggs, 
probably probably not the play. But Garrett Wilson, five and a half receptions. I love it for G-Dub. I mean, he's going to be yep. fed. He's getting 10-plus targets a week. I love it for Garrett Wilson. Gabe Davis, I bet you this is three and a half without even looking. Two and a half. Two and a half for Gabe yeah. Davis. Can he catch three damn passes, Gabe Davis? Can you do that? I Buffalo needs to win, Jay. That's all I can say. Buffalo <laughs> we, needs to win. We say game. it every week, right? <laughs> Buffalo Josh needs to win Allen, every week. If they if they lose to Zach Wilson again, is Sean McDermott gone at the end of the season? Do they do they oh. get rid of Sean McDermott? I think so. I mean, they already fired the OC, right? So the head coach is is on well, that the hot seat. I mean, nuke them from the playoffs. If they lose this game, I mean that. I mean they, they they'd be they, five they and six, right? The Jets, Dolphins. What's crazy much- is they're tied with Vegas and Indy right now. <clears throat> yeah. So the both them and and the Bengals are tied with Vegas and Indy right now, which is ridiculous. And even the Chargers are behind them. We expect them to win this week. They would be five and five as well. Garrison so, said, yeah. but yeah, Buffalo's got to win. And and honestly, Ray, if they lose this game, McDermott might be fired anyways. Might be fired this week. No, they they won't go. They won't go back to back weeks. They won't go Dorsey and then McDermott. But I think at the end of the season, they'd make a change. You can't. Yeah. You can't have a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback finishing with the same damn record as Aiden O'Connell and come like you can't have that, man. Not with this team, the amount of money mm-hmm. they've invested in these players. This feels like a very rocky situation, man. They better get it done. Where's the game at? Is it in in Buffalo? It's in Buffalo, right? Which, you know, you talk about Gabe Davis. He has played better at home, but we've all seen a lot of stinkers from Buffalo at home. Now, thankfully, it's not a primetime game, and that's really where they've struggled. Um, But I I think it is still a very bad matchup, and I don't really expect a ton from the Bills in this one. We'll see what Zach Wilson can do because he did have his moments at times in that game against Buffalo. And Buffalo's defense has been one of the worst. So I think, you know, you want to start so Brees Hall and you want to and you want to start Garrett Wilson. I don't think you can start anybody else, though. Do you feel okay about Conklin at all? Because he had a good game last no. week. I mean, sure, if you got to throw him out there, but not really. Patrick says, man, I don't know. I don't believe in firing coaches after one bad season. It's it's not it's not that it's multiple, he's had multiple disappointing bad seasons. seasons. But the expectation level for Buffalo isn't just to have a winning season. The expectation for Buffalo isn't just to make it to the playoffs. The expectation for Buffalo is to go win a Super Bowl. And I said this yesterday in our Discord, Jay. I feel like the window for Buffalo closed whatever year it was where they allowed Tyreek Hill to catch that damn pass, run it in, get him to OT, and then Kelsey's wide open. They beat Buffalo. I think Kansas City ended up losing to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati went to the Super Bowl that year. Yep. But it's not the fact that McDermott's had one bad season. It's the fact that he's had this roster and this quarterback, and they've brought in a Stephon Diggs. They brought in a, uh, you know, spent capital on Dalton Kincaid. They do all these things to improve the offense, to get them over the hump, and it feels like they're falling behind in the AFC. Like, they're behind, in my opinion, the Miami Dolphins. They feel like they're behind... Yep. The Bengals, when they're healthy, they feel like they're behind the Ravens. So it's not just one bad season. The expectation level for Sean McDermott is much higher than the threshold for the damn coach of the Atlanta Falcons or the New Orleans Saints. So I think that's what it is. And I think if McDermott falls face plants this season, he's probably he's probably looking. There's a good chance that he's on the hot seat, Jay. So let's uh, yeah, Brandon Staley. I see you, man. Uh, Staley. Yeah. We don't even want to talk about Brandon Staley right there, but yeah, I think it, Garrison, I'm with you. I think it goes back to that game versus Kansas city. That was their window, man. And Dayball, right? Dayball leaving. We've seen the effect. It was, that was it. Like that was the shot. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. We shall see. Is this real? 
Are y'all see? Is this real? This is the second time I saw this hit my screen. Jay, while I preview the next game, because it's going to be the fun game we're going to get into, we're going to talk about C.J. Stroud in the Arizona Cardinals. See if this is real. See, see if this is real, because I, I, I refuse to believe the Browns are really working out Joe Flacco. The Browns are hosting quarterback a, coach, a quarterback workout this morning for former Super Bowl MVP and Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco. Well, Carson Wentz no longer available, right? So they got to get they got to get Joe Flacco. Lord have mercy, Joe Flacco in the damn. Has he building. played in Stefanski's system? I don't even know. I don't think so. I don't know, Jay. I don't know. Houston, Arizona. Is this is this game of the week right here? Uh, not well. We got Monday night, but outside of Monday, Monday night, night, is yeah. this like the best game on the slate, man? Are we are we just doing this for this game? I think so, Jay. I think this is it. It feels I, I, insane, I right? Could you imagine telling someone back in June or July, hey guys, game of the week, week 11 outside of Monday Night Football, Houston versus Arizona, CJ Stroud versus Kyler Murray, 48 and a half point over under Houston favored by five points. Ray, I got to ask you just straight up, who do you think wins this game? Houston. I think, you Houston, think Houston wins, wins, wins it. Okay. Houston, okay. and minus two, 218, money line, same game parlay. That's not bad. I think Houston wins this game at home. The momentum is sky high for this team. I oh, mean, this, yeah. team is, this team is good. Flying high. D'Amico yeah. Ryans and the OC, they got this team humming, Jay. I haven't looked at any of the lines. I wanna, I'm want i very curious to see Kyler versus C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud, 267.5. Kyler Murray, high, 238 and a half. Those are the passing yard lines. I mean, Jay, how you feel about these numbers for both of these players? I mean, CJ, I mean, I just want to hammer the over right here. And I like Kyler okay. at 238 and a half as well. Yeah, I mean, I like both the quarterbacks uh, on DK, QB5, QB6 right now. I talked about earlier in the show, CJ Stroud is tied for third in terms of touchdown odds to throw for two touchdowns right there with Dak Prescott. And I believe Brock Purdy was the other guy. So Stroud, I mean, everyone's favorite quarterback right now, the QB3 on our old best friend KTC He's going to have a good game against Arizona. Arizona's defense isn't very good. And so you look about, can Kyler Murray kind of combat what we've seen from Stroud? I believe he can. The biggest question is, how does Stroud perform? Because Neil Collins is back, but his new best friend, Noah Brown, may not be in this game. And so we know that Tank Dell will be involved. Neil Collins will be involved. Dalton Schultz does have a bad matchup. And on the other end, Ray, Trey McBride has a phenomenal matchup because the Houston Texans are the worst defense in the NFL against opposing tight ends. Trey McBeast, man. Trey McBeast. So going through this game, yeah, Kyler Murray, what did he do last game? How, how many yards did he have? I mean, he was awesome last game. And as you look at it, he had 250. Up, 250 last game. And Jay, I'm watching that game, dude. And normally with running backs and receivers, the first game back, first six games back, first season yeah. back from an ACL tear, they're a little rusty. Oh, Kyler was a runner. Kyler was running around looking like my little son out there, just faster than everybody else still. Just same height as your son, too. He's just so good. And and when you watch Kyler play, Jay, and I know a lot of people, what what I saw people doing is they were reaching for Bryce Young, Kyler Murray comparisons, right? Well, Kyler's small and he was able to thrive, but there's a big difference. Uh, Kyler is very, very fast. He is an elite. Yeah athlete and so is Bryce Young like he's in the NFL he's an elite athlete but he is like a supreme being athlete this he doesn't have a, elite athleticism elite, right? there it is, is elite athleticism he is fast 
He's got a cannon of an arm. Like, he's just better. He's better than Bryce Young. He, he's just better. Oh, yeah. So better. while Bryce may have an inch or two on him, it doesn't matter. Kyler's like this wide, and it's, he's got a hand cannon, man. This is This should be an incredible game. I think the passing yard numbers for both of these players are awesome. If you can have some fun and maybe ladder C.J. Stroud up, maybe. Ooh, I mean, he had 470 versus Cincy. You think he's going to... Listen, they, they should be able to move the damn ball. Rushing yeah, side, sure. uh, Jay, there's not a lot up right now. Uh, Kyler Murray's got his mm. yards up at uh, 29 and a half, and we know C.J. Stroud ain't running nowhere. But Devin yeah. Singletary has been... A revelation for this team. And, and it kind of looks like, hell, Buffalo should have kept him around a little bit longer to run with Josh Allen. Like, he was never a bad running back. People hated him because he wasn't a lead. People hated Devin People Singletary. Hate, we hated never him. hated Devin. People hated Devin Singletary, man. They hated Devin Singletary. But he's been playing well. Uh, I don't think they're pulling him off the field, even if Damian Pierce comes back. No. I think the lead back is Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce to get his customary complimentary backup snaps. I think this is Devin Singletary's job. And then you go to the pass catchers. Uh, I am in on Dalton Schultz this week. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But you've got Hollywood, Nico, Tank, McBride. I mean, Jay, this there should be some there should be some volume in here. And, and you look at this, and Hollywood's got the highest total, followed by uh, Tank Dell, excuse me, highest total, followed by yeah. Nico, followed by uh, Trey McBride, but. What what say you with the pass catchers in this one? If you're in on Kyler, right, doing yep. well, balling out, you're in on C.J. Stroud, no Noah Brown, is this just an overfest in this game? So the I am a little bit concerned about Dalton Schultz, I'll be honest. It's a good matchup for the wide receivers and the running backs and the quarterback for Houston, but not so much for Dalton Schultz, and we can talk about that a little bit later as well. But the big thing for me, Ray, is Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown had his lowest target share, I believe, of the season with Kyler Murray back. Obviously, Trey McBride was phenomenal in that matchup. I think if you trust Kyler Murray, you have to trust Marquise Hollywood Brown. Yes. And obviously, his Trinity score, all the metrics behind him were great. So I do yeah. believe that... For better or worse, they will figure it out, right? Like, they've been teammates before. They, they've practiced a little bit. So the chemistry should be there. It just was a bad spot. This week, it is a much better matchup. Houston is god-awful at defending wide receivers as well. They do allow, to allow a lot of points on the back end. We know that C.J. Stroud can keep up with anyone, or at least that's what he's shown us so far this season. And the matchup for Kyler Murray is really good because they've been allowing points to running or to quarterbacks quite a bit. And as I mentioned, the tight end matchup is phenomenal. I am worried about Nico, though. You threw Nico up on the screen First game back, again, I think he'll be fine. I don't know if he blows up. I'd probably prefer Tank a little bit. Um, but in terms of Stroud and and liking him, liking Tank, liking Nico, those guys are all good. I'm with you on Motor. I think it's just people may be a little bit worried about Hollywood Brown, but I would be starting him in this matchup. And and we are both very, very much in on Trey McBeast, right? We are very much in yes. on Trey McBeast. Yeah, Trey McBride, literally, Ray, best matchup in the NFL for opposing tight ends. 19.4 fantasy points per game. I believe they're top five in receptions, yards, and touchdowns allowed to opposing tight ends. So Houston is god-awful against the tight end. Every week, you can start a tight end against Houston. Um, it is a great spot. And a little hidden note nugget from the pod, Ray. Uh, Chickaconquo plays Houston twice in the fantasy playoffs, week 15 and week 17. And as I mentioned, number one matchup right now for opposing tight ends. So he could be in for a big playoff schedule for anyone who's looking to trade for a tight end down the stretch. He could be a guy who really smashes. So if you had to pick an over in this one, you like Trey McBride over 54 and a half receiving yards? I do. It's a little higher than I was hoping for, but I would take an over on Trey McBride, yes. 
54 and a half is a fine number for him. Up. No, no receptions. Tank Dell's receptions, four and a half. Everyone on Houston, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half for yep. uh, the pass catchers for Houston. I'm not as concerned about uh, about Dalton Schultz as you are. He has uh, developed very good chemistry with C.J. Stroud to start the season. Uh, his target share is, is phenomenal. He's doing his job in that round. And if you're talking about a 48 point, 48 and a half point total for the game, uh, there should be opportunity around. So I'm not as concerned about Dalton Schultz as you, but I definitely hear you out. Like I, I hear you out and the, and the data is the data. That's the matchup, right? I, I, I understand that, but I'm not as concerned as you are about Dalton Schultz in that one. We've got two more games to get to, Jay. Um, let's go to Tampa Bay and San Francisco. Let's talk about the Buccaneers versus the Brock Purdy-led uh, San Francisco 49ers. Let's talk about it real quick. So I think the question for me, Ray, is can Tampa Bay keep up in this game? Because the Niners, they're back, man. Like everything I've been waiting for, weeks in and weeks out, I've been waiting for the Niners to be back. But Ray, they're at home this week. They're favored by 10 and a half points. It's now 11 and a half. It's already moved quite a bit. 41 and a half point over under. So wow. not expecting, yeah, not expecting the Bucs yeah. to put up a ton of points to compete with the Niners. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's touchdown streak is broken. So is he in for a massive contest against the Bucs? The Bucs defense has really struggled. You know, it started off the season okay, but now you have a lot of things going wrong for them, especially on the back end. The secondary is playing much worse and especially recently has been bad. I believe we're in the bottom five right now in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So Brock Purdy looks great, but I mean, we know who we're starting from that side. Is there anybody you consider starting on the Tampa Bay side? I think we believe in Rashad White and Mike Evans, but I don't know if we want to believe in anyone else. Well, looking at Tampa Bay, so you talked about the the game line, right? This is a what is the total in this one? Forty one and a half. The twelve now. About twelve. Yeah, so it's still moving since you know we we checked it earlier in the day. It's games, but this is just because Tampa Bay has been horrible. Like they've been so bad this year, so bad, especially recently. Jay, uh, okay, so from the Tampa Bay side, I'll tell you the two that just gut feel like thinking about this without diving in yet. Mike Evans, Kate Otten, Rashad White. Kate Otten, okay. Like those are, from the receiving guy, like those are the three right there. Over 27 and a half, Kate Otten, I think you could play him. Evans, yep. 55 and a half. I'm not as scared of the San Francisco passing attack. And then Rashad White has seemed to, like he keeps getting targeted, right? He's ripping off these long receptions, yeah. it feels like, every single week. Both of those feel good to me. I'm a little concerned about Chris Godwin, Jay. I'm a little concerned okay. about Godwin in this matchup. Baker versus this defense. You, I, man, all the data is saying this is this is going to be a rough one for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, San Francisco side, I mean, you know who you're starting, Jay. I mean, you're, you're rolling out Brock Purdy, you know, 258 and a half for Brock. I like this touchdown number, one and a half touchdowns with heavy juice of the over. So yeah. George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel is back. I think there's a lot of goodness to go around for San Francisco in this one. And this Tampa Bay defense has not been like we thought the Tampa Bay defense of the past. We kind of looked at them as you can't do anything against them. They just got their asses lit up again by, yeah. by Stroud and company not long ago. I, I think this is a good spot for a lot of these uh, 49ers. You know, Christian McCaffrey, no doubt. Debo, RB1. 12 and a half rushing yards for Debo. You know they're going to give him the ball. Rashad White is customary 40-yard rushing line. This is this is a tough one for me to read, Jay. It's all San Francisco. If I had to bet yeah. on anybody from the Tampa Bay side, it would be a Mike Evans, Rashad White, potentially uh, Kate Otten in that matchup. 
Yeah, I'm fine with Rashad White because, as you mentioned, we expect the Niners to be up. Them having to come back, dumps off to Rashad White. Dump Perfect off, to see yep. receiving yards over for him. When you talk about the matchups for the wide receivers, it does profile to be a more of a Mike Evans week. The Niners have been much more susceptible to outside wide receivers yep. than in the slot. In the past, it has been the slot. So I was going to say maybe it is a Godwin game, but when you look at the data now, it's transitioning more to outside wide receivers that are the guys who are beating the Niners right now. So you would be looking more at Mike Evans. It's not a great matchup for Kate Auden and on DraftKings right now. He's tight end 16 without the reception, so it could go up a little bit, but he's not really profiling as a top 10 tight end, so I don't think he's a must-start by any stretch, but as we kind of talked about with Rashad White, dump-offs late in the game, cheap targets, cheap yeah, receptions cheap and targets. yards. He can kind of work his way into a top 12 he's option. Right, man. Like, he, the thing is, he plays a lot. Well, White, White has been great. He's, he's an RB1 really right good, now. Man. He's been good. Yeah. Rashad White's been phenomenal. He's been the receiving profile for him is playing out exactly how it always should have from the very beginning. Now he's got that role. He's been playing very well. It's more so odd that I'm I'm not so sold on. Um, I have to ask you though, are you starting George Kittle this week? I'm not saying you're benching yes, him, yes, but you know, and Kittle, you're kind of like yes. some weeks he's good. Sometimes, yes. like, are you banking on him catching another 60 yard touchdown? No, but you're starting him <laughs> because it can happen. You, you, it can, it can happen. happen. It, there is a chance. You're saying there's a chance. Hell yeah, you're starting George Kittle. Matchup's right? actually are, pretty good as well for yeah, George Kittle. Yeah, you're absolutely starting George Kittle from this matchup. Uh, Jay, we've got to talk about the Seahawks and your boy Geno Smith and oh, the Matt Stafford-led Los Angeles Rams because Matthew Stafford is back. So we've got the Niners, uh, not the Niners, the Rams and the Seahawks in this matchup, Jay. I'm going to pull up the total. I have no clue if this is supposed to be a high-scoring affair or a low-scoring game. Let's go to it right now. And Jay, 46 it looks and like a half, we have 46 points. I like All it. All right. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Rams this at home. Should be good. And so far? Close game. So so do you so that's the first question for me, Ray. Is it gonna be a close game? Because do you remember what happened week one? No, I don't. What happened week one? Rams won 30 to 13 week one. And if you recall. That was the game that the Rams ran the ball 40 times, 22 times with Cam Akers for 27 yards. It was Kyron Williams' breakout game where he had 15 carries for 60 yards, two touchdowns. So the biggest problem is, one, Matthew Stafford's back. Cooper yeah. Cup is back. Puka Nakua is back. The secondary for Seattle thing, is good. Right? That's a good thing. Stafford's it's good. Back. But the rushing attack is probably where the Rams will make their money like they did in week one because Seattle has not improved on the ground. There's still a very bad rushing defense and the total is increasing i really like the rams to cover and win this game so for me i would be betting on the rams i think it's a phenomenal spot especially at home and i think the rushing attack is where they really get it done the problem is the props aren't out because kyron williams is probably going to return this week they have royce freeman they got daryl henderson who's going to be the guy i honestly like the overs for pretty much all of them the question is, is how good do you think Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua can be knowing that they didn't really do a whole lot the first week, but they do have cut back who they didn't have week one against the Seahawks? Yeah, I think they could be really good. And that week one game, we didn't know what to expect from the Rams. I don't think the Rams knew what to expect from the Rams. Mm -hmm. But now that we're 10 weeks into the season, I do not believe that they're going to run the ball 40 times. I think they're going to air that you-know-what out. I think they're going to air it out. Look at the yards for Cooper Cup right now. 83 and a half on DraftKings yep. for Cooper Cup. Let's just take a look at old Puka Nakua. 65 and a half for Puka Nakua. Let's take a look at the receptions for those players. Uh, Puka Nakua, five and a half receptions. Juice to the under, actually, right now. Yep. And Cooper Cup, seven and a half. So they're expecting Cooper Cup to give you a, 
give you quite a bit more than than Puka Nakua on the week. I like both of these players. I'll talk about them in our final segment. Uh, DK Metcalf, 62.5 yards. JSN, 43.5. You've got Kenneth. There's a lot of good stuff happening in this game from a fantasy perspective. And if this hits the total that it's projected to be, what do we have? 40, what is it? 46 and a half? 46 yeah, point 46, total. 46, and it seems like it's going up too. And it's it already went up, up from 44 I mean, and a half. Kenneth Walker, he's getting it done out of the backfield, whether it's through the air or on the ground. Charbonnet is coming mm-hmm. along. That this is this is a this is an interesting one. I like this. Let me see the passing lines. Gino, who do you like more? Gino at 254 or Stafford at 259 and a half? I like Stafford a lot more. Um, well, maybe I don't. No, That's, actually, I will take Gino. I think Gino's going to have to come from behind in this game. So I probably would take Gino because I do think the the rushing attack will be very strong for the Rams. We talk about the numbers. They have the same passing to- passing touchdown total um, in terms of the odds. And Stafford slightly higher for an interception. You know, Stafford also slightly higher in terms of the yards itself. But it's going to be very close between both these two quarterbacks. But I don't think the game is going to be particularly close. I think we see a very similar performance that we saw week one. I think the Rams just have a dominant performance against um, the Seattle Seahawks. And to your point, I think the only guy I really trust is Kenneth Walker. Even talking about DK Metcalf last week, he really got his work and his yards late in the game. JSN was okay. And then, but Walker is the guy I really trust, you know, 0.81 odds to score a touchdown higher than Cooper cup right now. I think if there's anybody I trust to get in the end zone, it is Walker. I do like what I've seen from Charbonnet, but I don't think he'll be overly involved. I think they really lean on Walker in this contest. And I think the biggest thing here is if there's an area, a time where maybe Lockett does miss this game, would you start JSN? Cause I don't think we're starting yeah, JSN right now. Yeah. And it doesn't look like Kyron's in. There's lines up for Henderson and Freeman, nothing for Kyron. So we'll see. Yeah. Would I start JSN if Tyler Lockett is out? Sure. Absolutely. Then I you think would, you can right? roll him out would there. Would you start him if they're all active though? I don't I think I would. To. Would. I wouldn't want to. Yeah. I wouldn't want to. Now you may not. Three and a half receptions, 45 yards. Yeah. You may not have an option, but I, I just would prefer not to. All right, Jay. Vikings and Broncos. Uh, very quickly, like, uh, just talk about it. Let's just put, how about we just do this? How about, how about we just do this? Let's just, let's just look at what the books say. Who is Broncos? What is this? The Sunday night game? Is this the Sunday night game, Jay? I believe so. Yeah. Sunday night football. We have the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Denver to face off against the Denver Broncos. Two and a half point favorites are the Denver Broncos. 42 and a half point over under Ray. Josh Dobbs, big fan of Josh Dobbs. We are, we are. Oh, that, but the yeah, Denver Broncos coming on strong, playing better week in and week out. I'm a big fan <sighs> of the defense. You haven't heard me talk about the defense for the Denver Broncos. It is very comparable to the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets for everything. They weren't the first few weeks of the season ever since they've been one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL. Justin Jefferson practicing all week could be back this week. How do you feel about the Minnesota Vikings? Do you think that they can win this game in Denver or can Russ cook for the second consecutive week? I like Josh Dobbs too. We actually tweeted back and forth. I support the brand. I buy his goddamn clothes. I like Josh Dobbs. I'm not excited to watch Denver run the ball 50 times. I'm not. I'm not excited to watch Cortland Sutton catch five for 30. I'm not. I'm not excited for Jerry Judy to run the wrong route and Russell Wilson to throw a pick. I'm not excited for four, 204 passing yards from Russell. I'm just not. It's just not. I like Dobbs. If Jefferson plays, that's dope. TJ Hawkinson, I'm not talking about anything from a fantasy perspective. But on Sunday night, I don't want to watch Russell Wilson in his corny-ass TikTok videos 
all through Damn, the pre- all through the pregame cool. show. I like Josh Dobbs. There's no running game in Minnesota. I don't give a damn about Ty Chandler. Like it's just a lot of team, a lot of players. I just don't really want to talk about. Like I just, it doesn't excite me. I like Josh Dobbs. Cool, cool. Justin Jefferson, if he plays, awesome. Addison's dope. You starting him? Well, Jefferson, yeah. If he plays, yeah, I'll start him. But this isn't this isn't this isn't what I smoke a brisket for and watch on Sunday night. Is is Denver and Denver and damn Minnesota? What are you, y'all are excited? You're excited so for can this you, for Sunday night? Can you pull up? Do, you, do they have Russia's rushing yards up right now? Can you see that for me? Because I don't, I don't have the number on Russian rushing yards. yards for Russ. Ooh. So, big thing here, Ray, with Russell Wilson. I believe he's gone over now 22 rushing yards in each of his last four games, and he had over 30 against Buffalo. Minnesota Blitz is at one of the highest rates in the NFL. So, I really do like Russell Wilson to go over his rushing yards in this contest. It's a great spot. It's a great matchup. And he's been running a lot more recently than he has in the past. So, if you wanted to go after that. And then Javante Williams, man, every week. Bell Cal Williams, 20 carries a game. They're going to be favored in this one. for 66. We're excited. however he gets it i don't care javante williams has been great great for fantasy football he is back he is better than ever and sean payton trusts him and i'm loving what i've seen from javante williams so i think you can look at his rushing yard over in this contest and i am looking at unders for josh dobbs because he is going to struggle against this denver defense the chat is funny the salt the hate on the brisket listen (laughs) The things that hating on the Sunday night game, man. We gotta watch it. We gotta talk about it on Monday. Yes, we're gonna watch it. Yes, I'm gonna watch the damn game. I just it it just doesn't it doesn't get the blood flowing, man. I'll say this: I'll I'll be watching, but I will be show prepping because there's one of us actually prepares uh, for the show that we do twice a week. Jay, all right, those are the games. Nice little game wrap up. But Jay, we're gonna introduce a new. We're getting close to that two hour mark. We gotta watch it. Little new segment, Jay. We've got our starts. Of the week, Jay. We got some starts of the week, man. So uh, I'm going to start this thing off, and we're going to start with the quarterback position, Jay. Uh, my QB start of the week. You talked about him a little while ago. We had just touched on him. I know some people are concerned coming back from injury, but quarterback start of the week for me is Matthew Stafford. Seahawks are giving up 238 a game. That's bottom third in the league, and they're giving up the fifth most completions per game on this season. So when I'm looking at Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, their lines where the books have their yardage prop set at and their reception prop set at. Uh, I think this is one where Matthew Stafford's going to come out slinging the ball, man. I'm excited to see him back on the field. He's been out for a couple of weeks. So for me, at cost, give me all the Matthew Stafford I can fire up this week. I'm excited about him coming back. He is my quarterback start of the week. Who you got, Jay? So I'm going a little bit off the board here. You we played a lot of super flex here. leagues. You are going off the board before you say the name. I'm just, you are going off the board before you say the name. I mean, I, I could have said like Kyler Murray or CJ Stroud. Yeah, I got you. What's the fun in that? Here we go. So well, let's have fun. this week, Ray, we are going to be going with Jordan Love, the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers to put up a good fantasy performance against the LA Chargers. Now I want some people to notice a few things. I did drop some information earlier, but Jordan Love has thrown the ball 40 times in each of, in two of his last three games and the Chargers have allowed 308 passing yards per game since week five so it is a great matchup when you're talking about a quarterback the wide receivers and tight ends up against the Chargers defense that hasn't played overly well now that has mostly been against good quarterbacks and against 
or bad quarterbacks, they've played much better. But I do trust Jordan Love to, one, be behind in this contest, and two, Matt LaFleur to air the ball out. So even if he's only completing 50% of his passes like he has been all season, I expect him to get the two-touchdown mark. I think he can run for some yards on the back end. The biggest thing with Love is as much as I dislike him, when the fourth quarter hits, man, <laughs> the, he's good. The garbage it's like piles up. It's like Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter. Jordan Love is awesome. He's just slinging it all around, reckless abandon. It's funny. It's It's like... When he has nothing to lose, he's good. But when it's tight and he's starting yeah, to get okay, nervous, he plays bad. So I do like the floor. And the bigger thing is that you can expect him to be right around the high-end QB2 range, back-end QB1. And that's why I really like him in the matchup. Chargers have only generated pressure 30% of the time. League average is around 35%. Last week, he played against the Steelers. Threw for the most yards he's thrown for all year, 282 and two touchdowns. And the Chargers generate even less pressure than that. So he should have more time in the pocket. Hopefully, better rapport with the wide receivers and a great game to be a starting quarterback. So Jordan Love is my start of the week at quarterback. After the shock factor, you got a little love. Joe, uh, KMG, King, Patrick, both of Like, he's been decent in fantasy. He sucks in real life, but been decent Yeah, he's better in fantasy, All right. yeah. All right, Jay, let's go to the running back starts of the week. And for me, I, I'm, I'm firing him up full confidence. I'm taking, I'm hammering the over on his rushing yard prop. This is one. Give me all the Jerome Ford that my fantasy rosters can handle this week. The Steelers are bleeding yards to opposing running backs, Dad. 131.2 yards per game they are giving up. They are also allowing the number one, the Browns are number one in the NFL in rush attempts per game at about 35 rush attempts per game. Jerome Ford getting about 14 right now. And that was with Deshaun Watson. And now you insert Dorian Thompson Robinson slash Joe Flacco or whomever they have in a game that should be a uh, a lot of ground. Give me all the Jerome Ford, baby. I am rolling him out full confidence. He's been actually pretty good. Jerome Ford has been quite good this season. I like it, man. Give me Jerome Ford, my RB start of the week, over 49 and a half yards. Lock it in. Jerome Ford going to smash this week. All right, Ray, I like it. You know, obviously leaning on the running game with DTR in the game, I like that a lot. And so for me, for my start of the week, you know, I talked about Dallas, how they have a great matchup for running backs. But the other team that I did hit on very briefly earlier is the Los Angeles Rams. They have the second best matchup to opposing running backs when you talk about playing against Seattle. Seattle's been bleeding fantasy points to opposing running backs, 20.1 per game, only behind the Carolina Panthers in terms of since week five. So it is a phenomenal matchup regardless of who the running back is. And as I mentioned, week one, they ran the ball 37 times with their running backs. Two touchdowns went to Kyron Williams, and he was phenomenal for fantasy football. You talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers. When Daryl Henderson faced off against the Pittsburgh Steelers, he had 18 carries for 61 yards and a touchdown. So if Kyron is not back, I'd be starting Daryl Henderson because I think you can start him with confidence. It's a phenomenal matchup and a phenomenal spot. It's unconventional because there is no clear guy here. But if you believe that the Rams can win, which I do, and I believe they lean on the running game because they've seen success against Seattle, Daryl Henderson or Kyron Williams, whoever starts the game, it's going to be a phenomenal start for fantasy football. All right, Jay, my wide receiver start of the week. This team has given up the second most yards to opposing wide receivers, and this player has one of the highest Trinity scores in the database. I'm going to San Francisco to talk about that man, Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk, this is the week. Come on, baby. I want more than three receptions, four receptions. Score the touchdown. The air yards are there. 45% air yard share for Brandon Ayuk. Target share sitting at about 25%, and the yak right under a tick under four. 
But this is one where the total is high. Tampa Bay's defense is awful. Brock Purdy is efficient. Get the ball out. Air I Uke. Let's get it done this week. Brandon Ayuk, my wide receiver star of the week, is receiving prop at 66 and a half yards. I like it, Jay. Give me some Brandon Ayuk in week 11. Love it, love it. Almost a top 12 wide receiver on the week for Ayuk. And as you mentioned, playing against a Bucks defense that does play quite a bit of man as well. And we know yeah. that Ayuk is their man beater. So a great spot for Brandon Ayuk. My start of the week, Ray, I'm going, keeping it simple. I'm taking Rasheed Rice. Philadelphia Eagles, one of the worst defenses in football. I don't care how many guys they try and trade for, bring in whatever. They've been god awful. And you factor in the fact that they're one of the best run defenses in the NFL. 31st in the NFL at allowing fantasy points to opposing running backs. So not great for Isaiah Pacheco. But for wide receivers, they have the number one matchup. 48.8 fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. 47% higher than average. So Rasheed Rice, obviously the number one option at wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, of course, Travis Kelsey will be involved. We know Taylor Swift and her family will be in the building, so I'm oh, sure he'll gosh. have a good game. But Rasheed Rice is going up against the team, allowing the third most yards to opposing wide receivers. First in fantasy points allowed, third in fantasy points allowed to the slot, and first in touchdowns per game to wide receivers. And we know that Rasheed Rice has been one of their leading target getters in the red zone as well. So love this spot for Rasheed Rice. Think he has an awesome game. I think you should be starting him with confidence, even though he's playing on Monday night. All right, and then the final tight end start of the week for me. I know you're a little concerned, but I'm firing him up full confidence. Dalton Schultz out in Houston. C.J. Stroud, security blanket. He is an incredible weapon for the young quarterback in a game that should be a high-scoring affair. We like both tight ends in this one. I like me some Dalton Schultz. Jay, who's your tight end start of the week? Let me get the beast up. Yeah, I just got it in the show sheet before you did. So I'll be taking Trey McBride and his number one matchup against opposing tight ends. It's just a ridiculous how many points that Houston allows every single week. They've just been god-awful. So Trey McBride, easy start this week. 11.6 targets, 8.6 receptions, 79 receiving yards, 9.2 yards per reception, and 0.6 touchdowns is what Houston is allowing to tight ends every single week. And most of it also coming from the slot. 13.1 of the 19 points are coming from the slot. And McBride, obviously, can definitely run routes out of the slot and in line. But number one in the league, 55% above average, phenomenal spot for Trey McBride up against this Houston Texans defense. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun one. Can't wait for that game. But those are our Week 11 NFL starts of the week. Jay, two Super Chats before we get out of here. Both of them from my dog, Stanley. I'm scared to pick the game, the Bills and the Jets. Uh, should I bet the game and pick the Bills to win? Uh, Absolutely bet? not. Okay. Absolutely not. You don't want to you don't want to you don't want to pick Bills money line. You don't feel confident in that. Pick the Jets to cover. Why why do we trust Buffalo to cover 7 points? They just lost to Denver. Cuz it's Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's been covering games all season because right. the defense keeps it close, right? So yeah, if I was taking a money line, I'd be taking the Jets and I and I like the Jets to cover. Stanley said I missed the Bears versus Lions segment, but I'm picking the Bears to win. Fields needs to win and the Bears have looked good without him. Man, Stanley, that's a take, baby. That's a take, Stanley. Um, I, I don't know about that one, Stanley. I don't. I, <laughs> the, look, Detroit should have beat the Raiders by like 50 points and didn't. But at home, they are much better than on the road. And I think the seven and a half points is pretty short for Detroit, who's been one of the best teams in football and just put, what, 40 on the Chargers? I, I would not be picking the Bears to beat, to beat the Lions, but... I do want Justin Fields to come in and play well. I, I absolutely do. 
Uh, got a couple of questions in here. Jimbo, brisket talk, I'm down way. What kind of smoker you got? I got a Rectech. I got a Rectech, the big boy. Got a Rectech, so that's what I, I smoke on. I upgraded to the uh, the pellet. Uh, not a Traeger guy, I'm a Rectech guy. So I got a Rectech. And then Tater had asked about uh, the smoked oxtail recipe, bro. Killed it, man. You got to smoke the oxtails, make sure they're nice and, 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 and got that good smoke color on them. Braise them. Let it fall off the bone. Here's the key to oxtails, though, Jay. You got to trim the fat. A lot of people just get the oxtails, okay. clean them, put them in there. They're very fatty cuts of the beef of the cow tail. Uh, you got to trim the fat off the oxtails first. You're going to be chewing a bunch of damn fat. Nobody wants that. But you got to braise it. Let it fall off the bone. Make sure that beef stock is good. I'm telling you, you pour that over some rice or some homemade mashed potatoes. Man, ain't nothing better than that, Jay. Ain't nothing better than that, baby. Ain't nothing better than that. But I appreciate everybody being here. Today on this Feel Good Friday for this wake-up show, make sure you stick around. Well, not live, but I will be posting a video with Mitch Carl at DFS and Donuts myself going through some of the, uh, the NBA and NFL betting slate for today and for the weekend. Jay Rich is straight to the bank podcast dropped today. Make sure you check that out. Content over on DestinationDebbie.com. College football podcast with Derek and Gump. Jeff's injury podcast on Sunday. Scott Connor doing all types of stuff. Wake up, fam. We love y'all. We love y'all. We love y'all, yes, Jay. We love them. We, we love, love everybody. the people, baby. Tune in Joe, every day. We love it. Daniel, Ryan, Tater, Jimbo, Josh, Cole, World, everybody, man. Y'all have a fantastic effing Friday. Go out there, have some fun, drink, smoke, have sex. Just have a good Friday, man. I'm just, I'm turned up, Jay. I'm turned up. It's time to go, man. I'm out. Is this how we're going to end our shows now? Yeah. <laughs> <I'm sick. laughs>